John tells us, we have seen his glory. At Christmas, the word that was with God and the word that was God from the beginning has been spoken aloud into creation. God, who until Christmas was content to meet us with signs and wonders. God, who might have kept speaking to us, as the letter of Hebrews says, in many and various ways by the prophets, has decided to take on time and history and mortal flesh to be with us. The poet and theologian Malcolm Geit wrote, He does not look down from above, but gazes up at us, that we might take him in our arms, who always cradles us. Christmas means that God refuses to be God without us. Christmas means that now we can see God's glory in our lives with a luminous clarity. Yes, John, we have seen his glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. Some of you are noticing by now that my voice is slightly different than <laughs> it usually is. Um, and I am praying that I will get to, uh, get to the end of the sermon today uh, with a voice fully intact. Perhaps, on the other hand, God might make a Zechariah out of me and mute me for nine months. Um, but in my defense, uh, in the early morning light, in fact, before the early morning light today, two children were in my bedroom jumping up and down <laughs> in unison. I could feel the bed and the floor shaking underneath me. <clears throat> this was a decibel level I'm not accustomed to at this time of day. But my day did begin with joy and with a joyous glow. And I want to spend some time teaching us where we might find this glow in our common life. The gift of Christmas is that now that God has been born in the flesh, we may see all we need to know about God in Jesus Christ. What is God like? We've never seen God. God is like Jesus Christ. God is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is God with us. If I may put it, as simply as possible. Christmas means we can see Christ glowing in our life together. In Marilyn Robinson's novel, Gilead, the central character, John Ames, is an elder preacher of the best kind, a gentle pastor, a true parson. As he narrates his life, for the sake of his very young seven-year-old son. He describes how sometimes he would walk about the streets of his small town by night, often before the dawn. As he walked, he would pray for the people 
in the houses, all of which he knew. He did this often. This was a spiritual practice for him. So I want us to consider the image of John Ames walking about in the dark of his town and stopping to pray in the glow of the windows of each home. He comes to a place in the sidewalk surrounded by the night's darkness and attends to each light by the hearth and each light by the door. In the gentle and sacred quiet of this Christmas morning, I'd like to walk alongside with each one of you with this John Ames fellow, one of my mentors in life, even though he is a fictional character. If I may step into his shoes, and would you step into his shoes along with me? And let's walk through the neighborhood of our common life the neighborhood of our past year together and reflect on and give thanks for the myriad ways we've seen and heard and touched and tasted God's glowing light in the darkness of this year. First, I will say there are gifts the darkness gives us. There is the darkness of the night that comes to us as a gift. This darkness is a gift in that it commends us to rest. It commends us to dream. It commends us to mark our lives by the patterns of the stars. There is also the gift of the darkness of the womb. Consider that we have dwelled in the darkness of a womb. And that perhaps sometimes we have mistaken a sinister darkness for rather a comforting darkness where we are being nourished even though we can't see very far in front of us. We're being held and nurtured and carried in mysterious ways that lead to new creation and new birth. And there is also the darkness of the soil, the loamy and rich and full of nutrient soil from which new creation comes. Here in this dark soil sits the stump of Jesse from which a shoot springs forth. But light shines in the darkness also. We may actually see the glow of God's glory, the life that is the light of all people reflected in our life together. All we need to do is stand up and walk in the darkness before the dawn and we will see God's glow in our life together. Here are some of the places in our common life that I've seen God's presence glowing. There are many times when I respond or my colleagues respond to a call in the hospital or at hospice, or at someone's home, and they are deep in the midst of grief. And when we walk into the room, there is already one of you sitting by their side, praying with them, comforting them, sitting with them in the silence, 
and bearing the burden of the hour with them. And in these moments, I see the Spirit of God glowing. I witness God glowing in our common life on Good Friday. This past year, we gathered in the sacred garden and we elegantly trace the steps of Christ's last moments, the 12 stations of the cross, in a way that we'd never done before. I was surprised by how many people showed up in the weather that we had to trace Christ's footsteps through the sacred garden, out into the parking lot, up the steps of our portico, and finally into our sanctuary. Even on the day where we remember the death of God's Son, I could see a glow of new life and perhaps a new tradition in our congregation's history. I saw the glow of hope, awe, and wonder on the face of a new participant in our prison ministry. Very recently, our prison ministry was able to commence again after a long hiatus. And there they worshiped with our sisters in the Swannanoa Women's Correctional Facility for the first time in years. And the new participant came to me the next day and said, that was amazing. What I experienced was extraordinary. I sense the presence of God in a way that I never have before. And as she spoke to me, her face glowed and her eyes lit up. I recently sat with a couple who's been married for over 60 years. I sat in their living room and enjoyed their company and the thought crossed my mind that I would have to live a couple more decades in order to be as old as their marriage. <laughs> and the room was filled with light and love and wisdom, gentleness and tenderness. And I left their home aglow with joy from having been in their company. I saw the glow of God's presence sitting here on this first pew. Rather, I was on the second pew. And the director of our children's choir that night was sitting on the first pew and directing the children's choir as they sang and my heart nearly melted as a couple of the children began directing back. <laughs> to see the little children singing with joy and in unison set my heart as it did yours aglow.
St. Augustine said, when from the world of time the word took flesh in order to come forth into our time-bound life, it did not in the flesh lose eternity, but rather on the flesh too bestowed immortality. Hear the good news. Christmas means we may see the first vestiges of our promised eternal life in the glow of God's love in our common life. Together, we have seen his glory. The true light, which enlightens everyone, has come into the world and pitched his tent right in the center of our field of vision. You, with eyes to see, rejoice. He has set the whole world aglow.